Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with four of the best players in our game, four people who are at all levels of their career right now, and four players who are incredible inspirations for those who come after them. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I have met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. If you're loving our episodes so far, show us some love in the reviews and rate us five stars. Also, be sure to S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E. It would mean the world to us. All right. We've got four very special guests on a very fun version of the Dream On podcast this week called A Group Chat, and I'm pumped to get right into it. This episode is truly something special, not only because it is our first ever group chat episode, but because of the people I was lucky enough to sit in a podcast studio in Dallas, Texas, and truly get to know. A little about our amazing crew for this episode. Charlotte North is back again, our only two-time Dream On guest so far, making history as she does best on the lacrosse field. Nakai Montgomery joins us on this episode, and he shares a ton about his experiences growing up as Charlotte's classmate in high school, as well as his journey to making it to the professional level he plays at today. Reese Robinson is one of the game's next big stars, committed to Rutgers and playing for the USA U18 select team, looking up to some of the game's biggest stars who came from her hometown of Dallas, just like Charlotte herself. Last but certainly not least, Kyle Harrison joins us as one of the biggest influential names this sport, or any sport, has ever known. His wisdom and leadership shines through in immaculate ways on this episode, and I was truly grateful to be surrounded by it. Each of our guests has a unique experience in their success on the lacrosse field. Each of them has drawn inspiration from some of the greatest athletes and mentors that surround them, and each of them have high hopes for not only their personal futures, but the future of this sport and how they hope to help elevate it in certain ways. To hear this group bounce ideas off each other, grab little nuggets, as Nakai says, of wisdom as we chatted was something I will never forget. I'm very grateful to be able to give you all a very special group chat. Enjoy. All right, so I'm gonna introduce our incredible guests here today on the Dream On Pod. First off, we're gonna start with Kyle Harrison. He is a national champion with Johns Hopkins. He is a Tawarton winner. He's in the Hopkins Hall of Fame. He's a former Redwoods Lacrosse Club player in the PLL. He played professionally for 17 years. Um, and he also played for the USA national team. Charlotte North is here. She's a two-time Tawarton winner, a national champion with Boston College, most recently a gold medalist with Team USA, and an Athletes Unlimited professional lacrosse player. Nakai Montgomery is also here. He's a Duke lacrosse alum. He's a multi-time All-American and a current professional for the Redwoods Lacrosse Club in the PLL. Reese Robinson is also here. She plays for Grit Lacrosse Club down here in Dallas, Texas. She's a Rutgers commit. She's also on the USA U18 select team, and she's an Adrenaline All-American. So as you can see, we've got a ton of accolades here in this room, Um, but just as great as they are lacrosse players, they're also just incredible people, and I'm excited to learn more about each of their individual stories um, and show you all a little bit of a piece of what makes them so great on and off the lacrosse field. So first and foremost, our listeners know we always start on a good foot with the Dream On pod. Um, and I like to know where you're all at today, right here in this moment. So for reference, we are in Dallas, Texas on Sunday, January 29th, 
at about 9 a.m. in the morning. Um, and we are ready to go. We get to coach a little bit um, right after this. So one thing that I would like to know, I'm going to ask each of you one of these. So Charlotte, what is something you're thankful for today? I'm thankful for the community um, that lacrosse has brought us to, not just on the women's side, but the men's side. I think, you know, today is a special opportunity um, where we get to work together um, on both sides and help help grow the game down here in Texas. So I'm um, grateful for that. Awesome. All right, Kyle, I'm going to skip over to you. What is something that you're proud to say that you've accomplished today? Whew. <laughs> Heavy. Um, one, Charlotte, love your answer um, and completely agree. I guess something I'm proud of um, that I've accomplished, I, I think, would be being a husband and dad, right? Like, I think uh, if you asked me 10 years ago, there's probably different things I was chasing mm -hmm. um, 10, 15 years ago. But at this point in my life, I'm, I am proudest, proudest accomplishment is definitely my children and my wife. Love that. Tugging on the heartstrings right from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Reese, can you tell me someone you are grateful for today or in this moment? Um, I'd probably say like Maggie and Molly just for like helping me um, kind of just pushing me to like be the best player I can be mm -hmm. so Maggie and Molly are your coaches right yes for grit that's amazing I uh, I know that Charlotte has some similar stories from some of the same coaches. I could duplicate your answer I could talk <laughs> yeah, I about them it. for hours I love it and last but not least Nakai something that you were pumped to go out and chase could be with the rest of today the rest of the week the rest of the year What's something you're pumped to chase I'm excited to go out today and uh, help the kids out. You know, give them some, give them some pointers, give them some nuggets, give them something. Hopefully that they can that they can remember, take home, and, and expand on and grow on. Love that. All right, so we're talking about the sport that we all know and love, the sport that got us all into this room today, um, and that is lacrosse. So I'd like to know a story about how you started, or when you first picked up a lacrosse stick, or someone that brought you to the game and kept you in the game. Um, I think all of us have different stories, different beginning points, and I'd love to hear about each and every one of you. So, um, Kyle, can we start with you? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, and I'll be brief. I, um, being from Baltimore, like everybody played, right? Like it was just, you walk outside, you look at everybody's lawn, you look at any field that people playing. But my father played, started a team with his teammates and coach um, at Historically Black College, Morgan in Baltimore, uh, Morgan State, first HBCU to have a team, uh, actually. So my earliest memories are you know, life-size picture of my dad in his office, 18 jersey playing. And so from the time I remember, you know, walking, sitting on the dishwasher, those type of things, like I remember a stick in my hand as well. So that's, that was the start. That's amazing. Nikai, how about you? I actually, I envy that. I, I imagine <laughs> like in a perfect world, <clears throat> like a world where there's just a bunch of lacrosse nets and a bunch of front yards mm. and you just walk outside and there's someone playing, you can just go hop in a game that's, that's cool. Like in Dallas, there's like a lot of nets, I feel like, but it's not really the picture he just painted. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? That, that, was, that, was, that was nice. Got to drive a few miles. Yeah. yeah. You got you to gotta text a few people, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have people who know people. Um, but no, when I first started playing lacrosse, I was in third grade. Um, I tell this story all the time, but my friend Preston Randolph, who went and played at Hampton, uh, he was a grade above me. He was in fourth grade and I was in third grade and he was walking, it was after school and usually we'd go to after school care and um, I'm following him and he's like, I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to lacrosse practice. I'm like, what's that? Blah, blah, blah. Call my mom. Hey, can I go to lacrosse practice with Preston? Go out there. It was so fun, but I remember I couldn't pick up the ball. I just couldn't pick it up. And this guy made fun of me who went and played basketball at Oklahoma State. And... <laughs> 
when he made fun of me, I was like, all right, like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this sport out. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, like some of the hardest pieces of the sport, like we see it because we work with so many beginners now, mm-hmm. right? Like you see some of the things that they get frustrated at was literally your whole motivation for okay, yeah. today. That's awesome. Reese, what about you? How, what brought you to the sport? Um, so I started in first grade, but I really wanted to play ice hockey. Ooh. And then it was too physical, so my mom saw a flyer for McKinney Lacrosse. I started that, and then that's where I like met my role model, Megan Carney. <laughs> Shout <laughs> she, out. She uh, plays for Syracuse now. She's a fifth year. But um, after starting that, I did lessons with Megan, saw her like play and develop, which just pushed me to love the game. So. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Role models all, all in this room. Um, Charlotte, what about you? Started playing in seventh grade um, for my school team. Same kind of story. My friends were going um, after spring practice. I didn't play a spring sport, but played pretty much every other sport known to man. Um, and I wanted to just stay involved and, and be with them and, and, you know, be on a team. And um, I went out to practice, couldn't catch and throw or pick up a ball um, for a while. But I loved, you know, the combination of, of all different, you know, athletic traits in the sport. Um, and Maggie actually a few years later moved down to Dallas, um, and took over with Molly, our club program. And I guess she was the one who kept me in it and kept me, um, on the track and allowed me to fall in love with the sport. Um, I loved it from the beginning. I really wanted to dive into it, but I didn't really know or have a path to do that, um, or someone to follow, someone to teach me, um, and so she did that for me when she moved down here. Um, and ever since, you know, we'd watch games together. We'd study YouTube clips. We'd, you know, find every college, you know, highlight reel we could. Um, and she, you know, allowed me to fall in love with it for sure. That's amazing. Um, the things that people around us do for us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really great to look back on and reflect on. Um, and I want to kind of fast forward a little bit through from the time you all started and you first picked up the stick and the motivations behind that into... A lot of times um, on the Dream On Pod, we like to talk about envisioning our goals or dreaming, really. Um, so I want to think. I want to know about a story from your career so far, whether it's again at the youth level, high school, college, pro, whatever it might be that you envision still to this day that still gives you goosebumps. Might have been something a teammate did. Might have been winning the national championship. Might have been. Just a moment that if you can close your eyes and you're trying to get into a locked-in zone space, what is that play or moment that you envision in your head? Who wants to start? I guess I'll go. Yeah, love it. Go ahead. So I'm still in high school, so I don't like have a lot, but probably winning a state championship for my high school my sophomore year. It was after COVID. We had like a few ACL injuries. Um, we started off the season like 0-3. So just like winning against like our rival team still gives me goosebumps and yeah. Well, that's awesome. Coming back from adversity mm-hmm. as a team. That's great. Kyle, you have one? Oh God. I mean, we can spend the next four hours. <laughs> I, I got a ton. Um, and that's just a sign of my age, but I think, um, I went to a school called friends growing up. It's like a Quaker school. We were not, um, uh, very competitive athletically. Like we were, we were in the A conference, all the, the good conferences, but we weren't competitive with those folks. Um, and so like I have a affinity for like team because in order for any sort of win to happen or like goal to be scored, it took like all of us trying to figure it out. Um, like I'm literally talking like we're ready for a game and a kid's like coming from the glee club and the other cat's coming with his trombone and like we're all just 
mixing together trying to figure this out. But I was lucky that my best friend since third grade, um, defensive midfielder Benson Irwin, he uh, went to Hopkins with me. Uh, both committed there, played together, and he was like the heart and soul of our team. But he was a D midi, so like never got like credit that he probably deserved. And now I think defensive midfielders get a little more credit. Like I think there's a spot in the All American team for them now. Back then there wasn't. And so, final four of my senior year, uh, overtime against Virginia. Um, we we were every year we were there. We were number one seed, and then we hadn't won a national championship yet. So this is senior year, last chance. Um, overtime, Virginia, like. He is on the field. We make a stop. Uh, we outlet it to Paul Rabel. He carries it down. He hits Benson, who, like, again, defensive midfielder should not be the guy in the position he's in. Um, and he hits a step down, and we win. We go to the national championship. But, like, that moment, um, that, like, the heart and soul that never, ever got credit, uh, got the credit he deserved. And then, obviously, being my best friend, like, that's, that's one I pull from all the time. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, what about you? Um, for me, it's in general, um, like something that just kind of gets me like motivated, like for games and just like in general every day, um, is a saying that, um, coach Computo and coach Janowski would always say, how you do something is how you do everything. Mm. And so just kind of like that saying, um, like you can, you can implement that like driving, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm driving, I put two hands, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. nine and one, I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to be the best driver I can be. Yeah. Like um, that, that, like just in general, like that phrase is something from college that is like the truest thing ever and something that um, it's almost like tangible, mm. to be honest. I like that one. It's a new one. I always get a new one on the Dream On Pod <laughs> and I always go home and write it down. So thank you. All right, Shark, last but not least. Oh, it's hard to pick. I think um, the year I transferred to Boston College um, was the year we got shut down for COVID. Um, but it was a brand new team. Uh, most of the starters had graduated. Um, there was a, a bunch of transfers who were new. Uh, myself, Rachel Hall, Bridget Simmons. And we um, we were tasked with this, you know, you're joining a new team, middle of your college career. Um, but also they were trying to find their identity as well. They were a new team um, and we were coming in and it was a big challenge. I mean, change is hard no matter where you, you place it. Um, and we had a rocky start to the season, but it was really cool. A lot of people talk about the year after when we came back um, and we won it all. But it was really the end of that year where, you know, we had gone through so much adversity and we, you know, a lot of media has grown in the sport of lacrosse and there's a lot of outside pressure no matter where you are or what stage you're at. Um, and we would always just say, like, nothing else matters besides what's in the locker room. Like, regardless of anything, nobody knows who we are but us. Um, and we figured it out. Um, together through a lot of adversity and I think you know that put us on the trajectory to come back the fall after that and um, you know it was COVID we had a lot of restrictions but we had figured out you know who we wanted to be and we all were a collective unit in a locker room bought into that idea and that theme and that identity and I think that's what made us really hard to stop and I think you know um, tying that to the women's game and wanting to to do whatever it takes to fight for gender equality in our sport um, it just takes, you know, a bunch of strong women in a locker room ready to commit to that goal. And I think, um, you know, what you saw last summer with our U.S. team, I think um, it was the same feel. So I think, you know, you can kind of correlate that that feeling to our team this past summer where um, it was just so cool to see a bunch of really strong women who were not going to say accept no for an answer and stop for anything. Um, 
and you know you see where we are now it's it's incredible and i hope to you know continue to help it grow i think your answer just gave me goosebumps um all right so another thing we'd like to talk about and outside of the things that we envision in our own heads that get us pumped up um is the role models that are around us and i think something that's really great within our sport is that we have the opportunity a lot of times to grow up envisioning ourselves to play or be like our role models on and off the field and then we end up playing into those roles for the next generation and for the people who come underneath us and I think we have a little bit of that in this room which is really special um, and I like to attest it to full circle moments like for me it was this first time I stepped on a USA lacrosse field at a tryout I was surrounded by Michelle Tumalo, Katrina Dowd, Kayla Trainer, people that I spent hours looking up on YouTube and being like, wow, how do I implement that into my game? If I got to meet her, what would I say? And then all of a sudden I'm supposed to, you know, pass her the ball and make sure that, like my pass from her goes in the back of the net and, you know, all these full circle moments. So what I'd like to kind of talk about in this next segment is a little bit of Nakai and Kyle's um, mentorship and vice versa, right? And then Reese and Charlotte as well. So let's start with Nakai and Kyle. Um, so Nakai, how have you looked up to players like Kyle throughout your entire journey and um, you know, how have you kind of, how have they shaped your aspirations to become who you are and where you're at now? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, every kid, like every, everyone who does something wants to be like the best. Right. So it's like in that alone, obviously you want to be like Kyle, right. You want to be like ACC midfielders. You want to be like Paul, you want to be, you know, you want to be the best. But then for me, I'm in third, fourth grade. It's like Kyle's also African-American, you know what I'm saying? He looks exactly like me. And it's a sport where that's just not like that. And so, I mean, <clears throat> for me, like, Charlotte, Kyle know me best. Like, they know, like, I'm all about, like, the village. Like, it's all about people who come before you, people who come after you, and people who are there with you. It's not about you. Through, through us, you can rise, but it's not about you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean... I thank you all the time, but Kyle, I can't thank you enough, man, just for like, you know, like leading the way, like blazing a path, like you, you know, you, 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 you accomplished your dream and in doing that helped so many more accomplish their dream, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in just accomplishing your dream, yeah. you know, so it's powerful and oh, man. can't I thank you enough. Your <laughs> and Kyle, I'd like you to, you know, reciprocate on that because I yeah. think that's so special and yeah. definitely really at least you know tugs on my heartstrings for sure but yeah. how have you seen like your position like Nikai was saying right you accomplish your dreams as a player you wanted to do everything that you possibly could yeah. and how have you seen that kind of evolve into you being a role model now for yeah. so many yeah yeah no I mean me and that as I think we feel like the last couple months we've gotten to do this a lot um which is which is awesome for me it never gets old I think um you know, every time I hear Knack or say something, like you said, to your point, pull, pulls on the heartstrings, and it, um, I don't know, just makes me wildly grateful mm -hmm. for, for all of the different opportunities I've had through the sport and what we've been able to do. But honestly, I, I think when I look at my career and I, I look at guys like Knack, Miles, I mean, the list goes on forever of, of this young generation of, of black players specifically that are just so talented and so gifted. Um, if I had any role in motivating them and them seeing someone that looked like them and that was my role, then I did my job. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that 
he goes longer than I went. He has bigger deals than I had. And then there's probably some cat right now in, in New York or California or Seattle watching him that's going to come along in 15 years and do more than he did. And, like, that that's the that's the goal here. Um, and, again, I'm so fortunate that, that I'm well aware that when I came out, like, everything kind of went right. Like, Ryan, like, ESPN was just starting to cover lacrosse. Um, we won a national championship. I'm a, I'm a black player in a predominantly white sport. I signed some endorsement deals. Like, I, I get that, like, from a marketability and visibility perspective, like, I hit it at the right time. Um, but to, to Mac's point, like, I got to chase my dream of being the best athlete I could possibly be. And through that, if it inspired anyone to, to chase their dreams, then, then it was a win. And hearing hearing Nack talk the way he talks and seeing everything, he, I mean, he's going to play for the next 20 years and break all kinds of records. And like I said, 15 years from now when I'm an old man and you're an older man and we're sitting around <laughs> watching the, the next guy or next girl uh, that was inspired by, by our group, then this is a win. I can confidently say you've inspired all of us in this room. So thanks for being that. here. All right, I'm switching it over to the girls here, the Dallas girls. And I'm excited to hear about these stories, too. And, Reese, I'm going to start with you. So what was it like for you to grow up in Dallas and kind of watch firsthand someone like Charlotte, right, mm -hmm. and your role models like Meg Carney, right, um, really just kind of come from where you come from and be able to make it to the tip top? And how did that help you aspire to reach your goals as well? Yeah, so um, I watched Charlotte in the national championship game, and it was just such a surreal experience, like all the girls out there, and she just had so much of an effect on like how people think about Texas. Like, I would go to clinics and camps, I'd be like, yeah, I'm from Dallas, Texas, and every single time they'd be like, do you know Charlotte North? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, and then they, I don't know, it was just so cool, just like pinpointing that uh, spot on Texas, and now I just feel like she really just grew the game here. Um, every single person kind of takes Texas a little bit more seriously now that like we have big names coming out of it um, and that just kind of motivates me to kind of um, it just motivates me to like be a bigger person and just want to grow my game and work hard to like be one of the next names coming out of Texas like Charlotte um, and yeah that just motivates me a lot just watching her grow. Thanks, oh, Reese. I love Thanks. It. Of course. And we can't wait to watch her do exactly that <coughs> and even yeah, more. Yeah it's a goal. Oh yeah. It's a goal. yeah. Sure. on the vice versa side of that, what does it mean to you to have another talent like Reese and a lot of the talent that you're seeing coming from your hometown, making it to the next level? Um, and like to Reese's point, right, just kind of coming from a quote unquote non-hotbed sport, a non-hotbed location, right? What is that? What is your hope for that in terms of other non-hotbed areas across the country, across the world, who can hopefully reach it to the levels that you've been to, too? Yeah, well, first off, I think... Um put the world on notice because Reese um, is <laughs> incredible out on the field and I mean she's more athletic than I ever was at that age and she's um, just her hard work from from day one I, I know you know one of my best friends is Megan Carney and she grew up working with her and um, I just have watched her grow throughout her stages of her her career and it's been incredible and I think it's also a credit to our amazing coaches that have moved down here I mean we mentioned Maggie and Molly but there's a number of them faith um, who have moved down here and committed to really growing the sport um, before I was here before I um, started playing and then you know during my career in high school I got extremely lucky to get to work with them and learn from them and um, they've started this amazing club team that we both have played for grit lacrosse um, and they just push the needle and, and try to get us to as many events in front of as many coaches 
um, and just learn, you know, as much as we possibly can about the sport. Um, they host events down here in, in the summer and they beg coaches to come to Texas. They, they, they would do anything to get um, just these talented college coaches or, or, you know, East Coast coaches to come down here um, just to give their players, you know, what they think they deserve. And it's just a credit to them because it's in such a good place right now. And it's, it's really, um, you know, on an upward trajectory. And, and people like Reese um, are, you know, evidence of that. And I think that, you know, it's not only that, but it's also – you know, how Reese is committed to growing the sport down here as well. I mean, she talked about it before we hopped on here, but um, she's a natural leader on her team. She's she's helped them grow into a, a great high school program um, just by being herself and, and wanting to, you know, win and, and be successful. And I think um, that's going to gonna serve her well in college and, and down the road, but also give a chance for those younger girls that she's mentoring right now to, to take the reins when she leaves. Um, and then, you know, Again, like Kyle said, that's that's all we can hope to do is to, to influence the next generation so that we leave it in a... Taking a quick little time out from our episode here to say a massive thank you for listening. Dream On started off as a way to have conversations with some of the people that I've been lucky to come in contact with and really dig deep into what makes them tick and how they've become so elite in their spaces. If you're enjoying these conversations as much as I have been, please consider rating us with a solid five stars and leave us a review. I love hearing all of your incredible thoughts on how we can continue to dream on together with these episodes. Oh, and subscribe if you're feeling cool. All right, let's get back to our guest. Better place than we found it. Well said. Well said. I Now I can't wait to watch oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't you guys, wait. Yeah, hopefully I'm I yeah, live up sure. to it. I know. For sure. Oh, amazing. All right, so as we know, I think any high-achieving person or honestly most people in the world go through some sort of adversity throughout their lives. Um, And I think that is something that I'm currently enduring, so it's something that's on the top of my head, you know, with an injury that so many people in our sport have endured and come back from and been better from. Um, So I'd love to take this moment to kind of ask a really high-level group of people and athletes about some moments of adversity that you all have faced um, how you've gotten through them, what you've learned from them, and how you've taken into the next challenge or the next obstacle you've faced, been able to kind of take what you took from that and, and attack it with a full head of steam. So, um, Nakai and Reese, I'm going to ask you guys about this this question here, and if you have something that comes to mind, feel free to hop on the mic, Something, some level of adversity that you've faced and how you've learned from it. Um, I'd probably say my recruiting summer. Luckily, like, I haven't gone through any injuries yet, knock on wood. Um, but I was up in the Northeast for two and a half months over the summer. I was home for two weeks. I was living out of hotels. Um, Cause you know, there's like no camps clinics in Texas. Like you have to be up North, you have to be in hotels. And that was probably like my most challenging thing I've ever been through. Um, just like going up North and like adjusting to the IQ up there. Um, being from Texas, like you don't know your um, opponents or anything like that. And it was a very stressful summer. Um, just in and out of hotels. I didn't get to see my friends, and it obviously paid off, but um, it was just a very big adjustment for me on the IQ level, um, and I was just, like, exhausted. Like, I probably went to, like, five camps up north every single week trying to get recruited because you just have to kind of, like, make a name for yourself in Texas, um, being from Texas up north, and, uh, yeah, that was just so challenging. I'm glad it's over, (laughs) Uh, and now I'm just, like, looking for the next steps, um, trying to get better for college. Yeah, um, biggest hardship probably is was mentally freshman year in college. Um, it was just you kind of come from being, you know, like 
the star, you know, at your high school. It's pretty pretty cliche story, you know what I'm saying? But you get to college and it's like it's like a different ball game. Like you gotta throw the ball harder, you gotta have a right, a left. Guys are now six five, you know what I'm saying? And like that, you know, it's a game of inches. Like that's like six, seven inches that you're not used to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a big deal. Um and um yeah, I mean that like that was just like in general pretty hard. Like that was the first that was really the first time in my life. And I and I say this all the time and if any like high school coaches or anything are listening, like be hardest on your best players. Like be like literally like your best players can't do anything good enough. Um, just because they'll just be so much better for it in college as opposed to like, you know, like being quote unquote the man or, you know, like the best player, whatever, whatever. Mr. Mrs. can't do anything wrong. Oh, she's just so perfect. She's our All-American. Have you not heard of her? Blah, 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 blah. Like, all that. Like, like, you're going to get humbled at some point. Might as well get humbled at 15, 16. (laughs) You don't want to be 18, brand new environment. Mom, Kyle Kyle in L.A., you know what I'm saying? You don't don't know nobody. (laughs) And now you're getting humbled for the first time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to happen eventually, so... Um, I mean, for me, just like getting humbled at almost 20 mm. in a new environment as a freshman, um, which is a pretty quick reversal from what I was six months ago, right. um, four or five months ago, you know what I'm saying? Um, that, that was, that's something that you're better for in life once it happens, but I mean, it's not easy. No, it's a great piece of advice. We mm-hmm. definitely have a lot of you know, coaches and youth coaches and parents who are looking for certain pieces of advice. And I think that's a fantastic one right there. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. And sorry, I have no? to, I have to, like, yeah. we, Please. we, we love talent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people, we just love talent. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's so talented. She's, like, she's the best. Like, but like, we love that, but we don't like hard work. Like, do you really hear, like, do you really hear a parent talking about a 14 year old? Like, oh, he, he's on the wall every day. That's why he's so good. Like, no, yeah. it's just, oh, he's talented. We love talent. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's, I don't know. Yeah, just a the lot. effort and the work is what makes the difference, right? It yeah, and, we, and we, don't, we don't really praise that. We praise talent. Right. That's right. I like that, flipping the script on that. That's important. Okay, Kyle and Charlotte, I would like to know a little bit about certain piece of, pieces of adversity that you're both facing now in terms of what you do for the sport on, off the field. I mean, you both do a ton of work within the lacrosse world, whether that's on field playing and training, coaching all genders, all age levels, all over the world, um, working within higher up administrative like offices and roles that really help push narratives. So I guess to my question, what do you see as one of those most important narratives that you're really working for and kind of working through adversity to make sure happens for the future of our game right now? That's a wild question. You, you got it. You go first. Yeah, I mean that. That's a you know. I'm honestly before I give my answer, I think I, I'm super interested in in Charlotte's because she um. I think she has one of the more difficult roles um, in lacrosse um, that, that's ever been professionally uh, on the men's or women's side. She she is a, uh, a like a, a a true superstar, and I think we haven't had many of those on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, that like just demand thousands of people walking behind. Like I, re- I say it all the time. I said it a couple weeks ago talking about you. Um, Mike Powell, I remember, I, I was a rookie uh, in pro lacrosse and we were playing the Cannons. I was on New Jersey. I think we actually got pumped in the game. Uh, but I, <laughs> I remember Mike Powell um, 
like he's one of he's my goat. He's my favorite player of all time. But I remember kids screaming for him. But then I remember after the game, like thousands of them walking behind him and him like surrounded by cops. And that's how this dude had to move. And like we've maybe had one other male that carries that, but I've never seen it at the level that Charlotte has it. Um, and it's just starting. And, and so the role that you're going to play over the next 20 years is, is going to be wild. So super excited to hear what you're going to have to say. Um, <laughs> and thank you for all you're, you're doing for the sport and we'll continue to do. But I guess for me, like, look, my, my role, um, I, I'm just trying to, uh, behind the scenes, however I can, like just continue to unify the sport and push it forward. I think ultimately, as, as a man in general, I, I think I've been just working on giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think we're in a time where like, you can say the wrong thing, you can tweet the wrong thing, you can, somebody can grab a, a, like a, a quote out of context and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is how I feel about so-and-so. Um, when in actuality, I think specifically within our sport, like most of us all want the same thing, right? Which is just unification between the men's and the women's game and to get sticks in more people's hands. And, uh, you know, at the pro level, we want it to be full-time for men and women that they're just players and then, you know, just trickle it on down, right? So like we all, I think, want the same thing and, and that doesn't necessarily mean we all have the same path of getting to that same thing but I think if we're like in a room together and give each other the benefit of the doubt and give each other grace and not be so quick to to judge uh, someone's opinion on, on what they see for the future of the game um, I think we'll get there I mean we got people like like her that, that are literally bringing in new dollars or bringing in new eyeballs like we're in a great spot um, for growth of the sport and so I guess long-winded way of saying my, my goal over the next 10 15 years as i'm like behind the scenes is just to try and continue to unify the sport that's it great answer um and thank you kyle i mean you're someone who i'm sure you know kylie would agree on this we look up to and not only how you handled yourself on the field but off the field as well with you know the younger generation but also you know in your everyday life um you know you're you're as connected as it gets in the sport um and you're as you know inspiring as it gets so um we we definitely look up to you every day in, in a in a day-to-day -day process um that. so that's huge i think you know i agree with everything that you said and um i have a little twist to it but it's definitely that theme of unifying the sport and being able to just work behind the scenes in ways um that people haven't you know really thought of as you know technically a career um especially on the woman's side i think you know I agree. We all want the same thing. We all want, you know, to help grow the sport and help um, have professional across, you know, be here to stay and be a real job and legitimate, um, you know, career that people, you know, take seriously. And I think um, it takes a lot of work. And, you know, we are fortunate enough that we've looked up to so many people in our game um, that might not be given the credit for what they've done, not only on the field, but professionally and internationally and to help grow. Um, you know, Dana Dobie, she's not often recognized, but she's working day in and day out to help, you know, get this game to the Olympics. And then there's, you know, Taylor Cummings and Kayla Trainer, who we, we got to learn from on field, but also, you know, they were the reason we were on ESPN this summer. And, that you know, Jenny Levy, again, and, and all the great coaches out there, you know, my head coach in college, Acacia Walker, I know all of these strong women and, and leadership roles are working to push the needle um, and, you know, break barriers. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's probably the the first thing I want to tackle and, you know, work alongside these influential women to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, and I think, you know, people like Reese and, and all the talented players coming up, you know, it's so cool to have 
um, you know, access to the sport like they do now. And I think um, I would have done anything for that at that age. And I think, um, you know, it just shows we're in a really good spot. But I think um, individually, I also would like to kind of break down um, the narrative of a female athlete in general, not just in our sport, but I think, you know, female athletes are looked at as, you know, a slower pace of sport, you know, less aggressive, um, you know, atmosphere, you know, not having this role of being, you know, strong and empowering, but instead you're, you're kind of, you know, athletic, but you, you kind of fit the mold. And I think, um, you know, we want to do that for our sport and I, and I definitely want to serve in that role, but I think, you know, for, for female sports on the whole to, to kind of break down, you know, the talk of, you know, our sports not as exciting because we don't hit each other or, um, things like that. It's just, you know, getting people to honor and respect and appreciate, you know, how our sports different and also unify how, how much we can work together. Cause like you said, we're all working towards the same thing and it, it could be really cool to see women's and men's professionally come, come together, you know, for the rest of the time. Hey guys, Kylie here, a short break from our conversation to remind you to check in on our social channels. You can find little snippets from our episodes on Instagram at at dream.on underscore pod. And if you're a lacrosse stud looking for a unique way to train and develop into the best version of yourself, like our guest here most definitely has, check out the KO17 Lacrosse app in the App Store. That's KO17 Lacrosse. And at D-R-E-A-M period O-N underscore P-O-D on Instagram. Come join the fam and we can keep dreaming on together. Okay, enough of that. We back. Well said. Um, if you're not behind any of these initiatives, get on board because <laughs> they, they are going all the way up to the top. Um, and one thing that I really like to talk about on the Dream On pod and obviously as our listeners can tell, you all have been inspired by so many people. Um, and whether that's coaches, whether that's other pros, whether that's people who have been in your shoes at some point throughout your career. Um, I'd like to know, and we'll go down the line, a quick little quote or piece of advice or um, something that you've taken throughout your lacrosse journey into life, into who you are as an athlete, as a person, as a leader, um, that's really stuck with you and, and who that kind of advice came from. Reese, you got one? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so um, from Molly, just like your success is in your own hands. You know, nobody's going to go out there and do wall ball for you or, you know, work hard for you. So I've just been taking that into my hands and I'm going to take that into college. Just um, that my success is on me. I have to put in the work in order to be like the player that I want to be and reach my goals. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just very important to me. And I just hope that all my hard work is going to pay off in college and I can really make an impact where I go. Absolutely. Kyle, we'll I can't wait to watch you play. I don't know when it's going to happen. No, I'm watching. Let's watch TV. I've Look, I've done this for so long that there have been – we don't have enough time to talk about how many people have influenced me from, from coaches to teammates to former pros. Like, I was so lucky that when I came in the pro game, like, I came into Jesse Hubbard. So I came into, like, an all-time great that was also, like, an entrepreneur – and, and married and, and had kids and like so I, I had a role model from like the second I got to New Jersey so I, I don't have enough time to list them all um, I've just been fortunate but in terms of a quote like without going into detail so in my family of a saying no matter what uh, and it came from my wife and my daughter um, and it, it was actually all built around uh, when, when she was getting in trouble and she would say like I love you no matter what 
um, and then it has just like taken on a bunch of different shapes and forms of, of saying within our family I have a tattooed on my leg and it's um, I love it and so that would be my quote that's amazing um, I kind of said mine so uh, I'm going to take a slightly different approach <clears throat> um, our high school we went to the same high school Charlotte and I ESD they recently reached out to the second best athlete <laughs> to graduate from there, me, <laughs> for the, um, for the uh, Eagle edition. It's like a school magazine, basically. And they asked me, they said, words of wisdom, what do you think are the secrets to being successful in your profession? And I was like, oh, man, that's a tough one. So kind of circling back to what I was saying earlier, like my thing is like it takes a village. Like I have so many role models, like so many people that I could just call and get nuggets from here and just like people from different walks of life, from different places. Like that's if you've met my mom, you would kind of understand why I have such a like. We're just an open book. We're you know what I'm saying we're we're just a good group of people. Um, and um, so I called all my people up, not to ask anything about this question, but just to talk. Um, and then she wanted this by Wednesday, so then maybe like Tuesday night I wrote this. So what do you think of the secrets of being successful? I said, I think that in general. The keys to being successful is simple. I think that firstly, everyone should live to make the world a better place. The older I get, I realize that it simply isn't about me. It's about us. And through us, I can elevate. Second, open your doors and open your lives to other people that are different from you. The broader your perspectives, the more places you'll fit in. The more you'll allow yourself to learn and the more you'll appreciate where it is that you come from. Lastly, all caps, be nice. <laughs> you never know who is watching and you never know who you'll have to see again. Simple. Wow. Snaps for that one. <laughs> How'd you simplify that like that? That's yeah. good stuff. That's incredible. Charlotte, last but not least, you got a, a nugget for us? I like that, by the way, that term nugget. I'm going to use it. It's out there. I go yeah. back and forth. I don't know. There's, again, so many people have influenced me, and I don't I don't necessarily have a quote, but I think um, the, the best thing about, you know, our sport and what we get to do is the relationships, and I know so many people say it, but it, it just – brings you you know so much joy to see um and meet people and and learn from people and be influenced and inspired by people it's such a powerful thing in life and um this sport is just you know the vehicle that has allowed us to to do that and i'm so grateful for it and for for all the people you know older and younger and same age you know that i've been able to meet and be influenced by and i think you know that is when i learn the most about myself about you know what what I can do to help others um and and you know I just I can't say enough about all the people that are in this sport um you know from teammates in college to to professionally and with the national team and, and coaches along the way um and even people you know who are connected to the sport in a different way um and, and especially the people we're going to get to work with today I mean you're going to see a lot of um you know people in the Dallas lacrosse community who have influenced us heavily um and, you know, to be able to, to connect back with them in, in events like this, it's just so, it's so rare and unique. And I think we're in a really special place to be able to do that. Um, and I'm very grateful for it just to, to get to connect um, and have those relationships that, you know, you, you commit to growing over time. And, and like Nikai said, I mean, you can call them up any day and learn from them, tell them, you know, how you're doing and ask how they are. And um, it's just, it's so special in life. So much about connection in this sport and I just it's one of my favorite words it's one of my favorite things to kind of go back to and you guys all are hitting right on it and that's why I'm so grateful to be in this room right now 
Um, we actually have a couple questions from our KO17 fam who wrote in for you all. Um, and we have one of our, actually, our most avid listeners, Macy McGuire. Um, and she wants to know, how do you feel before a big game and how do you prepare for it mentally? I'll leave this open for anyone who wants to hop onto it. Well, the first thing that our coaches always used to say is that if you're nervous, it's a good thing because that means you care. So nerves are a good thing. Um, and, um, I mean, for me, it just helps to just envision, just kind of envision what your job is, you know, kind of close your eyes at night, night before, a couple nights before, um, and just envision envision what it is that, that you have to do, what it is that you do that helps the team be successful. Um, and once you really think about it, it's something that you've done hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and it's something that you know you're incredibly capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, you're, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, that, that feeling in your stomach, it's gonna be there, it's a thing. It means you care um, and, and embrace it and just, just keep it simple, do your job. I'll piggyback off him because I'm someone who gets extremely nervous before games. Um, and I used to joke with Maggie in high school and, and I would get so nervous before an ESC hockey day game, state championship game. Um, and she'd call them game day jitters. And when I got to college, they just amplified by like millions and millions. And um, it's a skill over time to learn how to translate nervous energy into positive nervous energy, I guess, in a locker room. And it can be incredibly contagious. And I think, um, you know, one of my favorite parts about sports in general is that you just can't find this feeling anywhere else. Um, you can't find the feeling of getting to go out on a field on game day with your teammates, you know, before the opening draw and, um, just having, you know, those butterflies in your stomach. But I think, um, you know, I, I still haven't perfected it, but I think, you know, one of the coolest things is to learn how to, you know, outwardly project your, your nervous energy and, and you never know who the, who that's helping in the locker room. You know, maybe someone's a quiet, you know, nervous and, and to get them to kind of project that back to you can be helpful for them, um, and yourself. And, you know, in turn, it's just going to help on the field. So, um, I think it's definitely a learned skill, but it's, it's a unique feeling. It's very cool. And it does mean you care. I agree. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's something I learned in high school and Hey guys, Kylie here. A short break from our conversation to remind you to check in on our social channels. You can find little snippets from our episodes on Instagram at at dream.on underscore pod. And if you're a lacrosse stud looking for a unique way to train and develop into the best version of yourself, like our guest here most definitely has, check out the KO17 Lacrosse app in the App Store. That's KO17 Lacrosse. And at D-R-E-A-M period O-N underscore P-O-D on Instagram. Come join the fam and we can keep dreaming on together. Okay, enough of that. We back. And beyond. Um, I love that and I have personal experience being Charlotte's teammate, so I know that that is beyond true. Um, and I can piggyback off that as well because I'm very similar um, in big moments. It's a lot of nervous jitters, a lot of anxiety, a lot of you know overthinking and in the moment and kind of just you know putting yourself in all of these what if scenarios. So to be able to be surrounded by teammates that you know are struggling one way or another and however they like to showcase that, um, I've found very similarly that putting my energy outward and even in just having conversations or hyping up a teammate who hit a great shot during warm-ups, like that helps me get some of that energy out and hopefully 
do a little bit of what Charlotte was saying there. So well said, Char. Another question from our KO17 fam. This is from on Instagram at laxgirl2009. What is the most important quality of a great lacrosse player to you? <clears throat> That's a good one. Any thoughts? Um, I would say just like mentality, because like you can have all the talent, but if, if you're like not a, in a positive mindset and don't like put in the work, then over time like you're just going to be an average player. Mm. That's right. I like that. I think my two would be be coachable, right? Like I think there's there's tons of incredible coaches to everybody's point in here, from folks moving down to Dallas and growing the game to the event we'll do today to events we all do all over the, the world, really. Um, so a ton of great coaches to so be coachable and listen. Um, <clears throat> and then lastly, fr from a skill perspective, like your work ethic in this sport matters. Like there's still a sense, and I'm, I guess I'm talking on the men's side specifically for a second, like basketball, football, there is a very specific body type that if you are not that body type, you better be like the 0,0,0% the zero, zero, zero of the best athlete of all time or you're not stepping on those fields. Whereas in our sport, why I fell in love with it and like was, was gravitating towards it specifically like late high school, beginning of college, was like if you work on this thing and like you like work on your skills every day, there is like a tangible improvement that happens the next day and then the next day and then the next day and then eventually you're gonna get to a point where like you don't even have to think about it anymore because you've done it so many times. Um, and it's the one sport other than maybe maybe golf I've heard you know in this category too, but like it comes down to like who who's going to put in the most time? Mm -hmm. You either put in the most time or you don't. Uh, and and then if you're lucky enough to also be athletic and put in that time, then you get this and this. Like that that's that's how it goes. So coachability and work ethic. I love that. That's a deadly combo right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna finish with our favorite segment on the Dream On Pod, and that's called Quick Finishes. Very uh, lacrosse of us. Yeah. Quick finish. Um, we're going to go down the line. We'll start with Charlotte on, on all of them. I kind of like that one, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we got about six rapid-fire questions that just allow our listeners to get to know you guys a little bit more. <clears throat> so, Charlotte, what is your favorite candy? Not a huge candy person. More salty, not sweet. Okay, what's your, what's your, what's your go-to? Is it a Coke? A Coke, yeah. Uh, a fountain Coke with the perfect ice consistency. Can you guys tell we were roommates at yeah. training? <laughs> yeah, Kylie knows the answer. Okay, what's yours? Favorite candy or sweet, 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 uh, sweet? Just any sour candy. I love just like sour, gummy, just the worst candy for you. Love it. Yeah, so I like what Charlotte did with it. I mean, there's tons of candies I love, from jelly beans to sour candy. But if I could like pick one sweet the rest of my life, it would be a fountain cherry uh, Dr. Pepper oh. from that, like, you know that machine that has... The touchscreen? Yeah, touch screen, yes, yeah. Touch screen machine. Elite. I'd say sweet tart ropes. I, I have oh. them before every single game. Oh, it's kind of like my little, nice. what's it called? Superstition? Yeah, superstition. Love it. I eat a handful of Skittles before every game, so we're all... Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, it's like started with like a half a bag, now I'm at like three Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, superstitions all the way. <laughs> all right, Charlotte, who is an athlete that you like to follow for inspiration? So many. Um, I got to go on the women's side, Sue Bird. Um, she's just greatest of all time, and she's just influenced so many 
female athletes, you know, beyond her sport, um, which is incredible. Um, on the men's side, I got to go with Steph Curry. Um, I've looked up to him for, for a long time. Very generic answer. But um, I think, you know, to Kyle's point of, you know, having the athletic ability as well as the work ethic, I think, you know, he was doubted because of his size and his ability to to match, you know, with some of the guys on the court. And then, you know, his, you know, what he's done because of how hard he's worked in terms of, you know, redefining his position and, and changing um, the sport of basketball has been very incredibly inspiring to me. Yeah, so many. Um, I'm going to give her another shout out because um, she was on murals at my elementary school and she was like the first. I used to run track. She was like, she, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Mm-hmm. She was like, unreal track star, like one of the first um, black Olympian gold medalists. Um, and um, you like forget about some things from your childhood, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And in like first and second grade, she was like, she was she was the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm I a like big, that term too. Yeah. yeah, no, she she was she was turned. Um, uh, as far as men, ath- I like I really like Kyrie Irving and I like Kevin Durant. I love KD's like he's just he's just all about ball. Like like and I respect that and like he he's just like he's also kind of just a character which I which I think is funny. <laughs> yes. Um and I think Kyrie's just kind of funny, but he's also just such a baller. Like they're both they're both like incredibly incredible like just examples of work. I think a lot of most great athletes, right? Most mm-hmm. great professionals are, are are just we all know that it's byproduct of just incredibly hard work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um mine my favorite athlete at all times Michael Jordan. Uh, for obvious reasons, grew up, I know I'm older than you all, so like I grew up when he was like the guy. Um, if I had to pick two uh, on the women's side, it'd be Serena Williams, um, just uh, for, for everything on, on the court, off the court, breaking every mold, the, the champion, I mean, in the conversation for, for top two athlete ever, mm-hmm. um, male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the men's side, it was, uh, it was, it was post-retirement Kobe Bryant. Uh, to me, he had, he had figured it all out right like he was the family dude incredible husband incredible father he had like the support of women's sports um and the support of his daughter and everything that she was chasing um you know his wife i think he won an emmy like he 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 had just like he he was he was doing it um i'd probably say uh charlotte and megan just Mm because uh i just watch what they do i've been looking up for them um, for like five years, and I just keep on watching, see what they do, try to mimic that on, on my field. So, I'd say that they're my biggest inspirations right now. Oh, love that. Thanks, I can't wait for you guys to hug after this. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, all right, last one, last one, best one. Um, and I'd like to know what your go-to karaoke song is. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> I think you got it for a sec. I have too many, but I think. Uh, Throwback to this summer, uh, Towson, Maryland. Um, Alice Mercer and I on the mic singing, man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going with that. What, you thought I was going with that? Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, Either can't one, go wrong. Give them the mic. Either one. Mine's The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Ooh, good song. 
Yeah, this is such a young person's question. Like, you guys, like, she, Charlotte has 50. He rattled his off like this. I'm sure Reese is about that. I, no. I've never sung karaoke. What? No? Never. Uh-oh. I, I know where I, we're well, going. Hold on. But I've sung, like, at my, at my house with my daughter's little karaoke machine. Like, we've sung Frozen stuff. Like, I've never been in a bar and been like, yo, go, rip them up. Like, no, it's never happened. Um, I'd probably do some sort of Ed Sheeran song. Like, oh, something it. like that. Honestly, you could do Elsa. I, oh, I, I do yeah. that. I do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get the opportunity. I'll shut that down. Faith's daughters will love you for that. Yes. There we go. Big right. Elsa fans. I love it. I don't really do karaoke, but like I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Mm. I listen mm. to Taylor Swift for every single game, so I just say anything Taylor Swift. I like it. Thoughts on her new album? I don't like it. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Ooh, hot take. I like oh, old Taylor know. Swift more. Old Taylor can't yeah. go Like Why? country. What's the d- oh? Yeah, okay. more like country more music. Country. Okay. Yeah. All right. Texas. I love that it. Makes sense. I know, generic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We just got a hot take on the Dream On Pod. <laughs> Thanks, <Reese. laughs> Of course. <laughs> All right, well, that is where we're going to wrap up this episode, and I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you in this room for making time, making space in your very busy, very inspirational lives for our listeners and for this project that I've been really excited to kind of put out into the world. So very grateful for all of your little nuggets, as Nick I would say, um, words of wisdom and Um, just pieces of advice and things that you all do every single day to inspire not only me, but everyone that sees a post or gets to shake your hand in person or, um, you know, watches you shoot top right corner and the crowd goes wild, like whatever it might be. Um, We are very grateful for each and every one of you and thank you for being on the Dream On Pod.